Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time again for Talking Wrestling on the Never Sleeps Network. I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for tuning in to the Never Sleeps Network for Talking Wrestling. How redundant is that? Folks, it is great to have you. And you can catch us on all the social medias, on the Twitter, at TNWPod, on Instagram, Talking Wrestling Podcast. And if you want to send us a Gmail, uh, do that at TalkingWrestling at gmail.com. Now... As I told you last uh, show, it's hard to find certain reviews because I'm on Canadian iTunes and some of you review on the American iTunes and some of you review on the UK iTunes and now I have to use this review finder to find all the reviews for the show. Now that I know this, um, I'm running a new contest. On the Instagram, I put a photo of an 80s wrestling postcard book and what I'm doing is if you give us a five-star review and a, and a, or a five-star rating and a review and I see it, I will contact you via the Twitter or the name of the reviewer and we will, and if I get your address, you will be able to pick one of the postcards out of the book and this show will send it to you. So we're talking 80s classic stars like Sergeant Slaughter and Ricky Steamboat and Hulk Hogan and the Iron Sheik. And these are all post-WWE or WWF days photo shoots like Paul Orndorff. You know, like nobody looks like a million dollars. They all look like they're, you know, several hundred thousands of dollars. But anyways, it's exciting. Uh, thank you for all your input so far. And uh, now let's get to the show today. I have a great friend of mine. He's my old roommate. He's a guy that I met doing comedy. I was several years in and he started about 99, 2000. We definitely met in the Attitude Era. And uh, yeah, we became good buddies and we bonded over comedy and wrestling. And today uh, he works at Sirius XM or Satellite Radio and um, he's the program director i believe that's his title maybe it's not he'll inform us and he runs the station uh canada laughs i believe it's 168 and if it's 169 why isn't it 269s <laughs> yeah anyways folks ben miner is here ben miner how you doing today hey buddy thanks for coming on the show i was looking at your secret deodorant hey it's, <laughs> it's strong enough for a man but it's also for a woman which is exactly like my deodorant <laughs> I I don't have a secret I use secret that's my secret yeah. it's not even a secret it's out there it's out there now, man. I like the smell of baby powder <laughs> and I find that I sweat less with secret than I do with guy deodorants and guy deodorants just have terrible names who wants to be wild moss tell you what I bet wrestlers really appreciate a secret armpit I bet when you they do. Lock, they're like, this isn't so bad. I would think that that would be real because when you wrestle in the Olympics or when you wrestle in high school, you're not supposed to wear deodorant. I know Bushwhackers never did. They uh, put me in a headlock and licked my head when I was a kid. Really? And they smelled horrible. Where was this? I think this was at <clears throat> either the Civic Center in Ottawa or the Robert Gertain Arena in Hull. It was either one of those where I used to go see shows all the time. And uh, my mom would get Wicked Seeds because she was a pharmacy tech. And all the reps would give Wicked tickets for shit. And like these were great seats. I remember it was right by the rail, four rows back. And I don't know if it was Luke or Butch, but one of them just grabbed me and put me in a headlock and licked my head. And I remember thinking, this guy smells like rancid fish. 
rumor has it they would eat sardines before they would come out to the ring he's yeah that makes sense he smelled like rotten fish yeah 100 yeah. percent. that is funny that they actually did that <laughs> yeah like, I, oh yeah i remember the smell being bad it's like why would you do that though because that's your co-worker in the ring at the end of the day like that doesn't get picked up on the tv who were they wrestling or was it just two jabronis uh enhancement performers yeah it would have been like some uh some job yeah something Dwayne Gill Barry yeah. Hardy Barry Horowitz Barry Horowitz uh, yeah. Steve Lombardi uh-huh. all those guys but Steve Lombardi was also the Brooklyn brawler right well that was the whole point was Bobby Heenan was like I can make a star out of anyone I'll take this jabroni or this tomato uh, can and make him a better star than the Red Rooster and then wow. he gave him the the Brooklyn brawler gimmick which he's still the Brooklyn brawler to this day uh, and rip Bobby Heenan mm-hmm Yes, we talked about that last week. Bobby Heenan passed. That's very sad because um, he was always the number one guy wherever he went. Like, he was number one guy in the AWA. And then, like, he was the first guy to have a world champion as well as tag champions. Mm. That's a big deal. And then when he was in the WWE, he always ran the show. Like, well, he was never... The only time Jimmy Hart was allowed to be top manager was when Bobby was on commentary. Well, was it the AWA or the WWF where they didn't like managers and then they took Heenan on because he was so good? Well, the WWF always had managers because so at the was time... AWA, they, then? It was the AWA, yeah. There wasn't a lot of managers besides Bobby Heenan in the AWA. That's but in, in the WWF at the time... or WWE AWA didn't like managers and probably. Bobby Heenan. That makes sense because in the, AW, uh, the WWF, they had the Grand Wizard, they had Arnold Scotland. They had um, several Captain Louis Albano. Oh, so Louis, I've yeah. never heard him called by his full name. Well, you know, yeah, we're good friends. We <laughs> Captain go back. Louis Albano. Yeah, I was I was on the set of uh, of um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Go, yeah, no, I was not. But yeah, so anyways, managers have always been in the WWF, which is funny because now they don't have managers in the WWF today. No, there's just Paul Heyman, and then maybe there's Lana, Lana, and and uh, maurice but those are more valets than they i would say than i don't really watch it anymore now that it's like they're all the same kind of they're all like good looking tattooed jack dudes and it's just like i i remember liking like schlubs like schlubby dudes that you're like man this guy looks like he could fix a truck or something you know and like I don't know. They they just seemed like they were more regular dudes back then. They were also monsters, mind you, but they were like those natural monsters. That, like, if they weren't wrestlers, it would have been like a longshoreman or grown up on a farm or something. Oh, yeah. 100%. And there's less of those in wrestling today. Like, everybody is ripped. Everybody's in shape. You know, Kevin Owens is the only one that doesn't have your traditional yeah, body. Yeah, he's a throwback. Yeah. And uh, he reminds me of Jerry Blackwell, who's also an AWA great. I, I remember when I was a kid, I always liked the managers. I wanted to be a man. Like, I wanted to be a manager. That was my thing because, you I'd know. spot the fat kid, right? Me too. Because we knew that we'd never be wrestlers. Just maybe a manager. Exactly. Because there are yeah. no such, like, fat wrestlers are few and far between the successful ones. But fat managers, holy fuck, they're all fat. Try to orchestrate fights in school. 
Yeah, exactly. He'd be like, hey, I heard you're going to get in a fight tonight. Do you yeah. need some rep? Maybe somebody to trash talk for you? Yeah. <laughs> I just start shit up in my island. Guy says something about your mom. But look at Bobby was heavy set. Um, Captain Lou mm-hmm. was heavy. Arnold Scallon was not that uh, was not that thin. It's to your detriment to be in shape as a manager because then it'll be like, all right, you're going to take some bumps. You're like, no, I don't take any bumps, man. Oh, my God. Well, that's the great thing about Bobby. Like, Bobby had a series of matches with the Ultimate Warrior that ran an entire circuit. So... Yeah, every Jesus. night he had to get beat by the when people say Heyman's better I get so insulted because it's like first of all you're not educated enough to say that if you say that you know because Bobby is clearly the greatest of all time oh, yeah. because he's he did it on the mic he did it in the ring and he did it outside the ring as the manager as well but he was the greatest manager in wrestling's greatest era so I mean I think that says it all you that know? says it all as well because I don't think you count uh, Paul Heyman's EWA tenure. He had, he had demolition. As, uh, who didn't he? No, he never had demolition. Um, pretty sure he did. Fuji, Mister Fuji, had demolition. Come on, who was no. also fat. Listen, man, <laughs> Fuji was a tough guy when he was. Fuji, the stooge. He was. He was tough when he was young, though, right? Wasn't he a wrestler? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. He was the. He was, uh, he was tag champions with Professor Toro Tanaka from Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure. Really? Yeah. Yeah, of huh. course. When did you? Uh, when's your first memory of wrestling? And when did you uh, start watching wrestling? Man, probably Maple Leaf Wrestling with Jack Tunney, and I remember getting. I don't know which was my first memory because they're all kind of blend in. It was either the Hulk Hogan cartoon? Yes. Where was all the wrestlers? They had the cartoon. Actually, reach behind you. Um, go under the the photo album that's right there in yeah. front of you, not right next beside that. Yeah. Go underneath it. And underneath that stuff, just pull, just pull, move it out, out of the way. <laughs> You're almost there. What's that? Uh, right underneath that bag. What's there? Rock and wrestling. Well, that was a letdown. I was hoping you had the DVDs or something. Oh no, I just have the sticker album of Hulk yeah, Hogan's so Rock it was and Wrestling. That, and I think those are the stickers you got in the bags of chips. No, they're not. They're, you got those stickers, those sticker packs. But the hostess yeah, stickers. Yeah, so that was my other memory. Yeah. This is a fat kid. I remember getting the things in my bags of chips. And every now and then you go to eat a chip. You're like, what the fuck is plastic shit in my mouth? It's Tito Santana. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so it's either that, Maple Leaf Wrestling, or the cartoon. The cartoon? Yeah. It's the three of those things all at the same time, I think. I just watched um, the other night on YouTube was CBS did a special. Um, now I, wa- I learned of this uh, um, off We Watch Wrestling, uh, another podcast that I listened to, and uh, they were talking about it. So I watched it. It was like going back in a time machine because I remember being a kid on a Friday night watching. This is Saturday night, Saturday morning preview of all the new shows on Saturday mornings, and it was uh, hosted by Tattoo here, Ray Vilches. But then Roddy Piper just comes over and takes over the show. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And it's and it was like great back then. But then I watched and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this was I thought this was good. See, that's how you know we're old because we would like we remember moments in wrestling where they got racist. Yes. And like you see those clips and you're like, oh, fuck, that's horrible. I remember watching that. Yeah. I was like fucking eight or something. Yeah. Wow. I, well, well we're, we're Roddy Piper. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Roddy Piper was usually the guy. Yeah. He would call Mr. T-Boy. And then um, Jimmy Snuka. Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, he used to say, why don't you be like a monkey and get up in the trees? And, and he used to say to... Um, 
oh when he fought bad news brown he said it doesn't matter if you're black or white and then he painted half of his body black that's it yeah i remember yeah so he, he wrestled in well black body paint yeah. as well wow just to say like I'm not black. I'm white. I'm. He was trying to make a statement, kind of but it statement did not work. Misguided. Well, WWE has a history of it. Like, remember DX did blackface to make fun of uh, the Nation of Domination. Oh, fuck, that's right. That was still going on in the Attitude Era. Oh yeah. How did they not take shit for blackface, dude? Man? Like, X Pac is doing Mark Henry. And he's as black as can be. Wow! They're doing all black guys. The only guy who was not guilty in that in that in that um, segment was former guest of the show alumni Jason Sensation, who's playing Owen Hart. Wow! China didn't want to have anything to do with the sketch apparently, so she just stood Jesus. in the back. Jesus! Yeah, that was like that was proper attitude era. That's recent too, man. And they still show that like it's one of the great memories because I find that. And Ron um, Simmons, talk about a guy that should have had a, a fairer shake in the WWE. He yeah. definitely should have had a world title run. Yeah, he was a WCW yeah, world champion. The lamest gimmick, like that eggshell with Sonny. Oh, that fucking helmet thing. Yeah, like, yeah, that was awful. Vince always likes to make his own version of wrestlers, yeah. and it, a lot of times it doesn't work out. Like the biggest problem I had with Goldberg going to the WWF was they made Vince's version of Goldberg. And it was nowhere near as good as WCW's well, Goldberg. What was the difference? Oh, different tights and not speedos, and then they're more like trunk briefs and right, white. That's, that was the main thing that bugged you. Yeah, he changed his. They changed his outfit. <laughs> well, that, I mean, he added three inches of fucking spandex to his. Leg. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then they add, they changed the style of his matches. That's when, like, when Goldberg came back at Survivor Series, and they gave him a. And it was a real Goldberg match. It was a squash. Everybody went nuts because it's like, wow, this is not WWF Goldberg or WWE Goldberg. This is WCW But a Goldberg. guy can't go through a whole career just squashing people. Goldberg that's, thought he could. Yeah, and the, but you know that's going to come to an end. And after that, of course, you of course, like most people make a big deal out of Goldberg's streak coming to an end. But, you know, like Kevin Nash said, Tatanka didn't lose a match for three years. Nobody made a big deal of that when Shawn Michaels beat him. Well, that's to Vince's detriment that he didn't think of that. Yeah, well, you, the streaks weren't even a big deal, right? It could have been. I wonder when exactly did the Undertaker streak become the streak? At what, five, six yeah. in maybe? Did they start talking? Like, when did they start talking about the streak? That's yeah. what I'd like to know. I don't know. Who knows? Well, somebody knows. If you know, hit us up on the old Twitter and let us know this answer did you ever watch was there any uh, french wrestling did you watch any french wrestling growing up yeah i think there was some uh but i don't really remember watching it i remember going to my family in quebec and they would have like more of the the quebec stuff but yeah montreal like, from montreal yeah, the yeah. Rougeaus obviously were a big deal the Rougeaus. Yeah, yeah oh yeah rick martel yeah you love rick martel ricky martel was my favorite wrestler for the longest time um you know he's in a band now no. Yeah, yeah. No, what, what band? Yeah, they're called Strike Force. They're not <laughs> Strike Force. <laughs> but Rick Martel's fantastic. That's the name of Casey's sketch troupe, Strike Farce. Strike Farce. <laughs> that would be the greatest name for a sketch troupe ever. Like, no, it was, it was, let's no, start it'd be one. the greatest name for a wrestling sketch troupe that only did wrestling theme shows. Oh my god, let's do it. <laughs> no, you can I've have that one, man. I've got a show coming up with Ricky Steamboat. 
in December. Do you really? Yeah, I'm hosting for Ricky Steamboat. Ricky the Dragon is coming down, and he's doing a, a night of Ricky Steamboat stories. So get ready to hear about WrestleMania three and getting DDT'd. And you clean know, living. And clean living, yeah. yeah. You, did you know that he lost his belt to the Honky Tonk because he decided to go and be a father for his newborn child, and that's why he left, and that's why he had to drop the belt? Boring. Exactly. What a selfish, selfish yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, that's not a father figure, just a quitter to yeah. go be with his family. I feel like his stories may not be as good as Jake the Snake's. Oh, well, Jake, yeah, his was like... <laughs> Or like, Hacksaw. Or, or ha- well, I'm sure his stories are going to be great regardless because well, yeah. his stories with Ric Flair, like, I want to hear those. He must have a, a, like... And his costumes were wicked back in the day. The headdress and stuff with the big, like... Oh, when you used to breathe fire yeah, yeah. on the way to the ring. Uh, it was... Uh, and then I also want to know, like, when they made him carry around the alligator to fight Jake the Snake because, like, at one point there was, like... an alligator? Like, Jake had a... Jake was a snake and he had a snake and then Ricky the Dragon had a dragon but it was really just a small alligator or something like that. A Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon. Those things are fucking dangerous. That's what he had. And so he was carrying around a Komodo dragon. He's carrying around a snake. There's the dog with the bulldogs. The bird with... Like, I'm like, was there, like, a... Like, a... An animal keeper in the back. He's like, "Come get your animals before your matches." Oh, no way! This is '80s wrestling. They all had. They were the animal keepers, man. That is because like, I can't all treat their animals like Jake treated those snakes. Was he not good to the snakes? I, I think they were just in a bag and got thrown in the trunk. But they had to eat at times, though. Oh yeah, I'm sure he just fucking threw a rat in there. Nah, I don't believe he just tossed them in the trunk because those snakes would not like him. And they were like pretty. They, he never got bit. He never got strangled. I think they were doped up half the time. No, because they were lo- they were moving around. They were doing shit. Because they don't know what's going on. As in as in case he ripped, he dances. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, through the Attitude Era, who did you like? Oh, Attitude was all Stone Cold and The Rock for me. Yeah. You know, or does that count as Attitude Era? That is Attitude yeah, Era. Yeah, It's false. Like, that was, like, those are the two guys. That's when I started kind of, like, tuning out of wrestling, though. It uh, became less interesting to me. I liked it back when it was goofy and silly. Like, I liked, like, guys like The Goon and IRS. Yeah. And The Bushwhackers. I liked silly gimmicks. Well, The Goon used to wrestle all the time in Montreal. Because he was one half of the Long Riders, or as they say in Quebec, Le Long Riders. Okay. So that's my friend. I keep on bringing up French because Ben is French Canadian. <laughs> the worst French and accent I've ever heard. We used to live together, and I used to have a French Canadian creditor that would call me a lot because he wanted his money. And one time Ben answered the phone and he said, No, Casey's not here. And then the guy said something in French. And then Ben just like went off on him and tore a strip off him in French, and it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. It was such a good moment. Undercover French guy. That was a good moment. Another good moment when we lived together was uh, this moment has been told many times. <laughs> Recently, is, is uh, I used to shave my head and uh, like King Kong Bundy and um, with razors, clippers, head clippers. And one time I went in to use my head clippers. And I noticed somebody had previously used my head clippers, and uh, not for regular hairs. My hair, my my clippers are covered in pubes, <laughs> pubes everywhere. There are pubes on the sink. You didn't. Whoever went in left their pubes all over my clippers and all over my sink. I was furious. Now I knew which roommate it was. 
because you know Ben's like one of the hairiest men I've ever and, met, so it's not him. And I had a bit about shaving my balls, and, and he had a bit a about razor. shaving his balls exactly, and he did it with a straight razor. Yeah. And in his act, he used to say he was shaving his balls, and his mom caught him, and she was like, "Get out of the kitchen," you know. <laughs> and uh, so I knew that Ben would not shave his balls in my bathroom. But anyways, I could not play favorites. I had to go out. I think they were both in the middle of a game of ping pong in our dining room because why have a dining room table when no, you can play ping pong joint, the solarium oh the solarium that's where you grow plants and we just smoke weed in there i told them both to whip out their uh whip out their junks now that he came in he said all right all right, all right. both you take out your fucking balls take out your balls yeah take out your balls i want to see your balls which one we use your clippers i was like man i just shaved my dick though i mean, mine's <laughs> trimmed you eventually just stormed off all angry but uh yeah it wasn't me it was for sure jamie of course it was jamie yeah, yeah. what a meathead <laughs> jamie uh if you're listening uh yeah it was it was you it was you all along hey um the model the, yeah, i am the motto um I uh, speaking of this French stuff too. I'm, I have I moved most of my archives down here. I have a French project from grade uh, maybe grade eight, oh, and uh, yeah, I did it on wrestling. And you had to say, well, no, no, I, you're not. You're actually supposed to say like you're supposed to do different things, like what you like, what you love, what you don't like, and Casey, what you. Casey's in the twelfth grade. And what you and what you hate. So I just did like you're supposed to say things like I love the I love la bibliothèque or j'aime yeah. j'adore la bibliothèque. Yeah. That's I love the library. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, I didn't do places or things. Okay. I just did wrestlers. So <laughs> like so it's like J'adore Les Mega Powers. Oh god. That's not French at all. No. And then I put, put and then I just put their names. Hulk Hogan, Miss Elizabeth, Randy Macho Man Savage. Le Barbier Brutus Beefcake. J'aime Le Barbier Brutus Beefcake. A Le, Le rock. rock. You could have spelled it rush. I don't even know what that is. That's French word for rock. I did not know that. I yeah. just put Le Rock. Which is interesting because George St. Pierre, before he blew up in the UFC, used to uh, fight as Rush St. Pierre. Yeah. Uh, R O C H E. But then the UFC changed it to Rush R U S H. Are you telling me that Rosh Fuzin, his name is Rock Fuzin then? <laughs> that would be his English name, Rock? Yeah. Rosh? Yeah. Oh, that's still, crazy. Still rock, you say that. And look at, there's one of those little uh, stickers that you're talking about. The yeah. hostess, Magnificent Morocco. He's big, huh? Oh, he's yeah. He's like Brock big. But then. he was a bad guy, and I liked him. Yeah. So that, like, that says... I thought that was Lou Ferrigno in the corner. No, he does look like Lou Ferrigno, though. Of course, Je n'aime pas... Coco Beware. Yeah. Or, or Le Anke Tonk Man. The test, Andre the Giant. Well, this was right when. I know you didn't even write Andre Le Giant. You wrote the. I got corrected on that. Ah, that's great. The teacher, the only part where she corrected me was because, well, first of all, if you wanted actual French, I should have just said Andre Rusimov. Yeah. Which is his French name. You also could have put the accent you on the E. Or I also could have called him Jean Frere. Which was his first wrestling name in Canada. Yeah, he could have been Lum Anki Tonk. But I love he's got the stare down with Hogan. Yeah. And Ventura. Anyways, these uh, that I'm showing 
uh, will be on the Instagram, and you can check that out just to know what the hell we're talking about. Uh, that's my arrows and all that stuff. That's back when my lesbian aunt used to take me to pay-per-views with her girlfriend and we'd eat chicken wings. That is pretty awesome. Who were the, who did they like? What tag team or what tag teams? Why did I come up with tag teams? What what team? Well, who did they like? She liked the Rockers. She liked Rick Rude. Uh, she liked Macho Man. Yeah, yeah, my aunt Wendy. Yeah, those are all great people to like. And she used to take me to because uh, you know my my dad wasn't around, but my aunt Wendy was awesome, and like she'd take me to wrestling stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah, right, having like my cool young aunt, and then like. Yeah, she uh, she took me to a lot of events, and she it was like one of the people got me really into it. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, you know what's funny is when we were coming up at Yuck Yucks in Ottawa, um, Howard would always book me with guys that liked wrestling, nah. so that way I get along with them. And one of the first times I worked with, uh, or the first time I worked with Stan Thompson, Stan Thompson was like, "Oh, you like wrestling." And then I was like, yeah. And he was like, I'm friends with Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Yeah. And I was like, no. And he goes, why don't we go up to my room after and we'll give him a phone call. Yeah. And I look at him and he looks like the mom from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> so I thought he was hitting on me. You know, like get me up to the room. You thought Stan was gay? Well, no, I just thought he was hitting on me. <laughs> I was gorgeous. No, you weren't. <laughs> he fucking talked to somebody who hasn't known you for fucking 18 years. <laughs> but I did think that he was hitting on me, and I didn't think that he knew Jim the Anvil Nineheart. But yeah. <laughs> one time he told me Jim the Anvil Nineheart uh, was drinking with Bobby Keel and another Stan. Another Canadian comedian. Another Canadian comedian, and. Uh, he cup slapped Bobby Keel on the head and knocked him off a stool. <laughs> but I also worked with Mark Walker a lot. Yeah. I also worked with Jimmy Mack, who used to come through, and he, he used to actually do wrestling impressions. Yes, yeah. he did. But he was no Jason Sensation. I'll tell you that he was okay. But he was also used to work with a wrestler by the name of Sexton Hardcastle who is? out in Winnipeg, who became would later become uh, Edge, Adam there Copeland. Oh, yeah, I knew that was somebody. Yeah, he's totally a somebody. Edge is still alive, right? Of course he is. Who went to Test? Test, Test is, is gone. Yeah. yeah. Poor Test. So that's the thing with these old dudes, man, like the Stu Hart generation. These guys all live to be grandfathers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think these are like, what we see in wrestling now is like, not to disparage, not because I don't watch a lot of it, but to me, you see a lot of guys that train really hard but aren't necessarily natural athletes but can like learn the things it's like watching a comic who learns the tricks you know what i mean yes or there's there's the naturals i think get weeded out because of physique or whatever and then you get the more superficial type thing it's like comedy it's like anything all the old guys man like they they all grew they grew to be grandfathers and it breaks my heart to you know, every year it's Mr. Perfect. It's, you know, it's somebody else that I grew up idolizing yeah. that I thought was great. And it's like, come on, man. Like, I hope that wrestlers, you know, look at that and think that maybe if I'm not that athletic, if I don't recuperate that strongly, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Because the drugs, that they, they I don't know, like they make you feel better. But if you, you're not supposed to do it, then you shouldn't. But I think back then the wrestling was different. Like the arrows, like they were really burning it at both ends. You know, like their living style was like, 
you know, basically as soon as they got done wrestling, they got right to the right to the drinks or right to the bars. Yeah. Or before even or even before the party started when they got there, maybe. You well, know. Match that up though with, you know, steroids and all sorts of shit. Where if that wasn't prevalent in the Stuhart generation, no. Killer Kowalski or these guys, they were just big natural dudes. It's like in hockey, Gordy Howe and Bobby Hull were beasts compared to everybody else, but that's just how they grew up. They were farm boys. Yeah. And I think that those guys aren't as prevalent in wrestling anymore because they've made way for the the sleeker, more muscly dudes. And I think that those guys get caught up and whatever. And I don't like. I hope they all live to be grandfathers because there was a generation that didn't get to be grandfathers and didn't. A lot of them didn't even get to be dads or, you know, be uncles or yeah. live a life beyond 30, 40 years old. And I really hope that the new generation uh, of wrestlers gets you know to pass that point. I hope that they're they're healthier and that they treat themselves better. Well, Ted DiBiase Jr. That's why he quit. Was it's still he bad, wanted huh? he wanted to go be a father oh. to his kids. And uh, there's a documentary coming up on Ted DiBiase called The Price of Fame. Uh-huh. November 7th, uh, it will be released throughout the States uh, in limited or uh, selective theaters. So check that out. Um, I only say that because Ted DiBiase has been on the show. And Your close uh, personal friend, Ted DiBiase, man. Close personal friend now. He said, anytime I want to be Virgil. You ever call I your can- brother? He called me brother? No, he never Rest called me brother. His brother. That's where comics get that. He's always like, hey, brother. Oh, yeah. But it's mostly Hogan's the head brother guy, for sure. But I find, like, wrestlers, comics, and strippers are all the same. Yeah, they they have the same parallels, right? We're like we're all starting off at like the low level, traveling in shit little towns, and then you start off lower on the card or on the bill, and you hope to headline it, and then hopefully you get a door deal at some point, then you can sell merch at the fucking door, and then it's just eventually you call your own shot and you do whatever you want, and anybody will take you, and you can just you're the champ, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of strippers, same thing, fucking yeah, feature deals. They, oh yeah, they go from fucking chairing a car to being flown in and. Of course, like yeah, and if you and you can build your name and you can yeah. get titles and stripping tickets, man. What's that? It's a, yeah, it's all about putting asses in seats. Yeah. So you know, and um, yeah, that's that's crazy, but it is the parallels. The travel is the same, all the road work is the same. So you know, it's uh, it is what it is. So, but what are you gonna do? What is your favorite WrestleMania? Do you have one? I don't remember the numbers, but I remember. Like, from ages, let's say, like, six or seven till ten, they were all awesome. Yeah. I never left disappointed. I remember being upset when Hogan lost, I think, to Warrior. Yeah. Oh, boy, that fucking break my little heart. I was... Uh, I think I remember I had bunkers at the time, and I think I remember just writing, like, I, you, you're still the best Hulk, and, like, pencil on my fucking bunk bed on the top of it. Yeah. Uh, that's all. I could not believe that he lost. I had a poster, like um, back then. They were if you filled up at, at Ultramar, <laughs> you got a poster, a mirrored poster. Like it wasn't a mirror, but it was yeah, a frame yeah. poster with glass, and you got either the Ultimate Warrior or Hulk Hogan. And so I got Hulk Hogan. My friend Travis had the Ultimate Warrior, so we were both cheering with our glass posters. And needless to say, I was going so nuts. He smashed. I smashed the glass, and Hogan fell over half the glass. Uh, And that was like, that's what happened in the match. This is all you, man. It's all your fault. It might have been my fault. fault. It might have been my fault. Now, you compare wrestling to comedy, 
Now let's cross over to comedy for a little bit. Now you run um, the biggest comedy competition in Canada, like the Royal Rumble of Canadian <laughs> comedy is run by you. It's more like a Survivor Series. Or maybe a King of the Ring. Yeah. <laughs> because you have to move on, right? Yes. There are different levels that you have to move on. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about what, it, what, we're, what we're talking about. And I'm not program director. I'm senior programmer and producer. Oh, I didn't know it was yeah. a Spanish title. <laughs> Casey Corbin. Um, yeah, man. I've been at SiriusXM for a while. I run the channel. And I produce and host Top Comic. It's a big competition. Uh, it's going to be going down this Thursday, September 28th at the Queen Elizabeth Theater as part of Jeff 42. Eight very funny comedians are going to be competing for a chance of 25000 bucks. And bookings at uh, JFL Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver, plus TV taping. That's fantastic. So you don't even have to win first prize. And, like, your year for next year, is, your summer is already set up. Yeah, like, if you play second or third, or I guess it's just runner-up. There's no second or third. It's just both runners-up. Uh, yeah, you get the everything but the money. Yeah. Which is still great. I, You know what? I would be happy finishing second or third because, you know, it's very difficult getting into comedy festivals. Yeah. And if you win your way in, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Chris Robinson won last year, and I think we did four or five festivals together this year that's you know and that's great that's, uh, <laughs> that's it's quite the cool. little launch pad yeah so that is that is awesome and then the winner gets twenty five thousand dollars twenty five thousand how many like when this show happens how many listeners are on xm listening live like how many i have no idea you have this, no idea the numbers well, i'm hosting the thing too right so it's yes. not like there's like a ticker on my watch or i look down but you don't like, check afterwards what the ratings are i or? don't have access to that shit i, I run don't. the channel it's not like i love your idea of like there's like a ratings machine what Guys, is it? go to the poll yeah i need to know if you're beating nitro or not <laughs> 3.2 no there we uh, go that's great that's yeah. great no <laughs> no i uh, i don't know what the ratings are i think that as a company it's more about subscribership. Yes. So they've got, you know, millions and millions and millions of people subscribed. And as long as they stay subscribed, everybody assumes everything is groovy. But I know that uh, the channel is well received. You know, people are always tweeting at us. And uh, we get all our top comic shows that we do. The auditions that are always packed. They're always sold out. I mean, yeah. how many have you been to? They're always just rammed. Two. Two, all the two, two times I've been, I was in Kitchener one time and I was in uh, Ottawa for another time. Yeah. But then I was at the finals couple of years ago mm-hmm. and because uh, a friend of mine was in it and uh, well uh, my, my, matt billen who i've mentioned on the show before uh matt billen was in top comic and uh he placed runner up he placed runner up and it was a fantastic competition and in a theater that seats what thousand people i think like thousand twelve hundred something like that yeah like it's that's oh. the same theater i saw norm mcdonald in last time he came to town that's pretty cool yeah anytime you get to see norm it's uh he's so good live he did over two hours oh norm's the, he's the king he's my king he's my favorite well you I know, didn't that. know that yeah he's my favorite comedian of all time yeah i think we could be best friends <laughs> i will want you know he i think norm would be fucking so annoyed by you within two days no because i know that when it's like dating a girl you, you, it's good. The conversation has to be split up 70 30, and 70 doesn't go to me. I get 30. The girl's supposed to talk 70%, and the guy's supposed to only talk 30%. Like, so I would hold. Just, he keeps talking wrestling all the time. Man. Okay, first of all, when I had Graham Clark on the show, and I said, when you opened up for Norm MacDonald, what did you talk about? And he said, old timey wrestling. And there I was like, go. I would have been so good at that conversation. 
I can talk about hours about Edward the Flying Frenchman Carpentier. I know. I I lived with you. Well, that's why I have a show talking wrestling. Yeah, Casey had more wrestling tapes than he had pornography, and he had quite a big amount of pornography. Back then, you had to have VHS tapes for pornography. No, you didn't. You just fucking had them because you just you held on to them because you had fucking attachment. (laughs) You had to talk like this was the fucking eighties. This two thousand three. No, it wasn't. It was two thousand and two. No, it was 2003. It was 2003. You're talking like there was no internet. Oh, man. I had to hike to those video store and get the cassette tapes. We we had to go to... Fuck off. It was all shit that you taped off of, like, other stuff. All the, all the labels were all handwritten from the wrestling to the porno. It wasn't even mine. It was gifted to me by Scotty Graham. Some. Gifted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm not sure which ones he spanked it to more. <laughs> yeah, some of those parts were wore out. <laughs> Rick Martel, AWA. Yeah, it's like, well, when I when I uh, I brought home, uh, I brought down to my place when I started moving the wrestling archives down here. The I brought a whole bunch of VHS tapes because I still have a VCR, and I played a game with Jeffrey called "Is it wrestling or is it porn." Oh. And he would have to guess wrestling or porn. I put it in. We find it's Saturday Night Live. Oh. You know, you're oh. both wrong. So oh. yeah, it's but wrong. yeah. So anyways, a lot of them aren't porn. Maybe like three of them were porn. The rest oh, of them the were tapes? wrestling. No, the ones that I brought down. Oh, oh I yeah. got rid of all those VHS so you, tapes. So you brought some porn tapes back up from the archive. I just grabbed a bunch of archive tapes, and they were not labeled. So I did not know. I assumed they're wrestling. <sighs> But some were not wrestling. Some might have been Silent Live. I used to tape that a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some might have been the porn. Maybe <laughs> maybe uh, Blue Nui. Yeah. You know? Or, or French. Boom. Yeah, Blue Nui was... Uh, in Canada, growing up, you got... Um, in Ontario and Quebec. Yeah, you got porno. Basically, softcore porn, Saturday nights, starting at 11.30. So, yeah. and it was called Blue... Nui. Well, it wasn't eleven thirty because that's when the news would come on. It always Midnight. started around twelve thirty. Okay, then that's. But it. what I used to do is I would set my VCR for SNL, and yeah. then my mom knew I was setting it for SNL, and then I would also set it to switch over from SNL to Blue Nui. You knew how to use a VCR that well? Oh yeah. Oh, I could not do. And stuff then every like that. Sunday morning, I could not wake up early enough. <laughs> <laughs> to go downstairs and eat my breakfast and run back upstairs with my tape of fucking Saturday Night Live and porno. Oh my god, that third sketch. Oh, it was the best, man, <laughs> because it was like, again, the top of golden eras, right? It was like the the McDonald era, the Mike Myers era, and all these guys. Yeah, Chris Farley. Yeah, yeah, Farley Sandler. and Sandler. is just amazing. And I'd watch that and I'd just be in tears. And then as I'm just like, oh no, it's over. Oh shit, Bush and Tits. <laughs> that's a nice change of pace right there. That's you also from, what I'm into at 13 right now. You went from uh, Dana Carver doing Bush to actual Bush. That's it. Yeah. That's cool. So, you haven't watched wrestling recently at Not all. Not years. I mean, I got buddies that watch it. Yeah, like, like everyone. Like, all my buddies watch it. And, like, while I'm there, like, we'll be playing, like, board games and stuff live in the background or whatever, but... I just can't get into it anymore. There's so much of it, too. Maybe right? sometime, maybe something is, maybe you have to get away from WWE and maybe watch something else a little simplified. Well, the other thing that I think hurt it for me was MMA. Yeah. Because I'm not a tough guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know 
I didn't know what it looked like to be punched. Like how you're supposed, like I didn't know how a fight was supposed to go. Yeah. So once MMA started becoming a thing, I'm like, then I'd watch a wrestling match and be like, who the fuck stands there and gets punched in the face three times when one guy's got his fucking hand down at the side? That doesn't happen. No. Then I started, like, noticing more and more of that stuff. And, like, the more I watched MMA, the more I got out of wrestling. And then, like, the, the lack of creativity in wrestling gimmicks also started to bum me out. I mean, there's some cool gimmicks. I like the New Day uh, make me laugh when I've seen, like, clips of them. I think yes. they're pretty dope. That's a cool gimmick. Like, they're a thing. Right? Like, in the WWE doesn't have things anymore. Like, Demolition was a thing. Yeah. The Heart Foundation was a thing. Right? Like, mm-hmm. and they had silliness to the characters as well. And there's no more silliness. There's a lot of cartoony type guys. Like, Roddy Roddy Piper was a cartoon. Jimmy Snooker was a cartoon. Jake the Snake was a cartoon. Like, these are all huge personality-driven characters that weren't required to do, like, 720 aerial shit and like put their lives on the line more than they absolutely had to and yeah the characters were bigger than life yeah like, which is which is less and less of that today like john cena is bigger than life brock lesnar is bigger than life like there's certain characters that are bigger than life but then a lot of the mid card i i totally i totally agree with you yeah like, like i just you know i miss the big personalities the, the personality driven stuff and like mr perfect man like that guy was great and this whole hook is just on the best Oh yeah, right. But there are some new guys like Bobby Roode. Like here's is that entrance. related to Rick Roode? No, Aww. but he he almost does a Rick Roode style robe. He comes into this greatest song called Glorious. It sounds like Queen. Uh, it's so beautiful. And the coolest thing is he's from Peterborough, Ontario. Uh, and sure enough, last time he was in town with NXT, who does he invite backstage to hang out? K. Trevor Wilson from Ladder County <laughs> and nice. talking wrestling. So. He gets K-Trav gets a picture with him, and Bobby Roode's wearing the Letter Kenny hat from Crave TV, and uh, Bobby Roode got a picture of K-Trav. That's exactly what it was, and yeah. then he tweeted, "Thanks, Squirrely Dan, for coming and visiting us." And then, you know, I'm just like, "That's goddamn awesome. K-Trav Wilson." <laughs> it pays to be on, you know, a successful Canadian sitcom, and it also pays to like make your interests known too. You know, like, as yeah, you're a wrestling fan, let people know you're a wrestling fan. But yeah, I miss the the fun gimmicks. Like demolition were just ridiculous. Legion of Doom were just ridiculous. Yeah, remember when the cat they had the puppet? Yes, Hawk, now I do. That Hawk quit over that. Well, oh, I hated that whole storyline with Hawk being an alcoholic when, later on. Yes, yeah, that just bugged me so much. And he fell off the t- the jumbotron. Yeah, like all that. I hate stuff. it. I hated that too. Yeah, it's like yeah, you don't need to bring his demons into this. You know, it's hard enough life, and now you got to make them feel bad and, just and then you replace him with draws yeah yeah like and then the other guy is an animal whose son is like a crazy good football player yeah he plays for green uh, bay, green bay yeah. but he used to play for the rams but he's like super good right yeah yeah, yeah. he's a great linebacker play something uh no no that's clay matthews you're thinking of yeah but john uh, his name is lauren titus yeah because that's the name of animal's last name uh yeah i can't remember his first name I know. Yeah, they were badass, man. And, like, Heart Foundation were great. They were, like, probably one of my favorites growing up, too. I remember I told you that story about being at a wrestling match. It was the same one where the Bushwhackers put me in a headlock. It was that perfect kid moment, right? Because I couldn't have been more than seven or eight. Yeah. It was right around the time when uh, Strike Force split up. Oh. 
And they Actually, were, I never liked Strike Force. They're my I'm favorite not a tag team. Tito fan. They were like one of my memories of just getting into it and being really into it. Strike Force. I was like, man, these guys are fucking. These guys are awesome. Yeah. And uh, it was right when they split. So they were doing all the house cards where Tito and Rick would fight. And Rick was the model at this point. Tito, yes. I think, was the Matador, maybe, or he oh. had switched. Or he had, he was just being Tito. He was just being Tito. Yeah, I'm not even sure if Rick was the model, but he was like arrogant French guy, which is the same. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then, uh, right as Rick came to the the ropes for the final little spot, he's jawing at the crowd, and he locks eyes with me, and I look at him, and I, he's like, "You suck, Rick Martel. You suck." And I just start yelling at him. And he like he's jawing back at me. You shut up! You shut up! Did like, you yell him in French? No. Okay. Uh, I was just saying, you suck! You suck, Tito rules! And then as he's jawing me, uh, Tito rolls him up in a small package and pins him. No! Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I helped him win a match. You... Yeah. You screwed Rick Martel. <laughs> I screwed... Well, yeah. I, Not uh, like that, but you, you distracted him. <laughs> and he got... And I bet you... Uh, Chico Santana held the tights for sure, McMahon. <laughs> Jesse. Uh, yeah, I, I read Tito's book, and Tito sticks up for Jesse saying, you know, all those times when he called me Flying Burrito and <laughs> all of these racial slanders, um, I was okay with it because I told him it was all right. I was yeah. like, but Tito, you're not even Mexican. You're you're it's American. Not. No, he's from Texas. But he went his, to, he went to high ancestry, though. Uh, well, Spanish, obviously, but, but but like from Mexico, I would think so. so yeah, he's Mexican. Well, yeah, I guess when you want to look at it like that. But yeah. Tequila, Mexico, is not a place. It doesn't exist. <laughs> they just said Tito Santana from from Tequila, Mexico, and that, that's not even his name's not even Tito Santana. What's his, his name? I think it's Ernie. I don't know. No, no, is he? He's a, he's a school teacher now. What? He's a school teacher. You, uh, Ryan Denis and Jan Murphy are talking about maybe bringing him up next summer because he gets summers off because he's a school Do you teacher. Do you think that we'd feud with wrestlers or you're like, man, we're taking our gigs, man? Uh, like, oh, with comics? I, yeah, like, am I about to have words with Ted DiBiase? But they're not Peter really, Sandia. they're not taking anybody's no, gigs. I'll say this, that they're cool about coming in on, like, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah. They don't do the weekends. No. And, like, and if they do, they do it, like, after or before a show. Yeah, no, they definitely have a respect for stand-up, and they're not pretending to be stand-up. No, they're not. They're telling their stories. And as a matter of fact, when I worked with Ted, that was the first time he'd ever done it in but Ottawa. That, but that Dolph guy is a stand-up. Up, right he is doing stand-up yeah, yeah. and he does get booked as middles and feature acts uh-huh. for other acts yeah. yeah 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 apparently Danver said he i think he helped Dolph. he Dan, mike Danver told me that he helped get Dolph into uh ricky bronson's club in the mall of america uh, and i was like well maybe lex luger was just there to surprise him like on <laughs> nitro <laughs> that's where they did the first ever nitro so I didn't know that. Mall of America. Uh, yeah. I was thinking of the West Edmonton Mall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they can have wrestling in that. I saw they have a pirate ship there. They do. And they did a comedy show on the pirate ship. Has there ever been a good wrestling pirate? There is right now. What? There is a Japanese girl. Her name is Kari Sane. And she is the princess pirate. And she's fantastic. She just won the women's tournament, Ben. And she drops... The greatest flying elbow I have ever seen. Bullshit. I know you don't believe it. It's macho. I know you think macho, but trust me, nope. this flying elbow is insane, and it's fantastic. A little respect for Buzzsaw, okay? 
Or Bone Crusher. Bone Crusher. Yeah. Uh, okay, folks out there, for those who you who know who I'm talking about, the Princess Pirate or the Pirate Princess. The other day I said the incest pirate by mistake, and that's ah, totally different. That's a um, different tape Cody that, has. <laughs> that's, that's one of the VHS videos. <laughs> but the princess pirate. A lot of wrestling in that one. The princess pirate. She comes in dressed as a pirate, and she wears, like, pirate gear, and she's, like, cute little Japanese girl, and you yeah, think yeah. she's innocent. No, but I mean. And I, then I, she I mean, chops like, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, like, scallywags, like, surly pirate types. Isn't oh, it? like a, yeah, no, like tugboat. He was kind of pirate. Yeah, he, was he, was like, a, he was a merchant marine. Yeah, he was a merchant merchant I don't of know. Venice. <laughs> swing and a miss. <laughs> swing and a miss, Cubby. The show is filled with swing and a miss. <laughs> no, I, uh, there's never been a good pirate. There's never been a good pirate. If you're out there, I'm going to put uh, on the Twitter, I'm going to do a poll. Who is the best flying elbow of all time? It's Macho. Macho Man or the Princess Pirate. Or someone else. Or... Bailey, Bailey does Macho Man's elbow. Shawn Michaels had a great flying elbow. Yeah. But everybody else does a Macho Man's elbow. Yeah. This elbow yeah. is different. Stop. It's the only Stop. one that's different. Did I ever tell you Steinberg and I wrote a pilot on a wrestling, about a wrestling thing? No. Yeah. It was uh, Steinberg is John Steinberg, another comic that we know from Ottawa. And it was an idea about this wrestling promoter, like a Vince McMahon impresario type. Okay. And uh, his business is failing, and he can't, like, break any new stars, and everything's mm-hmm. just going to shit. And he's like, I need to do something. So he scours the indie circuit, and he finds this kid that he likes, and he gives him a gimmick. And he's like, your gimmick is, uh, you're Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So he's got, like, his finishers, like, the Razor's Edge, but he calls it, like, the the Crucifix. Yeah. And shit. Well, the Crucifix is already a move. Yeah, I know, I know, but this is more okay. Crucifix. Yeah. You know what I mean? The uh, other Crucifix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cru- just fuck off. The homemade Crucifix. <laughs> um, yeah. So he ends up signing his kid, and all the pro, like, all the veterans get mad that this kid's being pushed to the title. Wait, can he call it the Good Friday? It's called One Ring Circus. Okay, no, no, but I mean, like, the, the crucifix, can you call it the Good Friday? Oh, whatever the fuck you want, it didn't get made. Anyway, so anyways, can you point? But yeah, the, uh, all the veteran wrestlers get mad because this kid gets pushed for the title without paying any dues, and then all the media is pissed off that they're portraying Christ as a wrestler, Yeah, and then everything is just, everybody's mad, but the ratings are up, and business is going great, and eventually he uh, turns Jesus into a heel, Jesus does a heel turn. Oh, yeah. On his apostles. Oh. And then... Uh, well, Jesus had a faction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then eventually he comes out like like cool bad guy Jesus. And he's like, I died for what? I died for this. Yeah. And that was his like catchphrase all the time. I died for what? I died for this? Yeah, yeah. I bet you he would have like uh, a Hulk Hogan scruff. Like he would come yeah, back with like... like Jesus. He'd look like Jesus, oh, yeah, but he'd, he'd, have, like a, he'd have five o'clock shadow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Even, like Razor Ramon. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, like the tights would go from like the like the black robe. It would probably be like instead of the white robe, be like a black leather jacket or something. I don't know. We never got that far. You can pin me, but I'll always be back. Ah, uh, but There's I always, so many things. Well, I always thought like it was a good character, and maybe I'll do something with it at some point. But I always thought that was a cool idea, like to package a wrestler as Jesus Christ. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. That I think that's a great idea. Oh yeah. Yeah, that could be so many things. Like, and then you can have like, uh, you know, all the other, all the other, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those oh, could be. You'd have the apostles. Right yeah, there. they That'd could be, all yeah. be there. Yeah, 
Like there have been the disciples of apocalypse, DOA. Why yeah. not the disciples of well, the fucking disciples? <laughs> <laughs> but literally, that'd be like that'd be a cool storyline. That'd be character driven. You know what I mean? That'd be yeah, cool because story. there would be a lot of people that wouldn't believe he was the actual son of and God. And all the cool moves you could have him like walk the tight the top rope like uh, Undertaker, and he could call it, like walk on water. You know? Yeah, that would be great. He's walking water. Yeah. He's, I've seen him walk water before, <laughs> McMahon, and I've seen him walk water again. Yeah. Um, he'd be a good character. Somebody should do. And, but if we see that coming up, we'll know that somebody fucking ripped me off. Oh yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Well, remember I used to write for a wrestling blog. Yes. What was it called? Jimmy Van. Jimmy Van, and I used to do a algonquin wrestling radio show uh, called in the ring with uh, mike edgerton who is now in toronto on another radio station called and he has a different name cash connors oh, he's cash connors yeah mike edgerton's cash connors and we used to i used to basically do wrestling impersonations on his show so i'd be like we have paul bear i'm like yes 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 so but my wrestling impersonations were always like any of my impersonations they're all half-assed impressions though isn't that right yes you've funny. you've corrected me on these uh, before that's one of my pet peeves Imp- they are impressions if you dress up as a cop and you go door to door being like hi i'm a cop then then, then you're impersonating yes or if i take your id and i'm like i'm casey corbin then i'm impersonating but if you're like this is uh fucking undertaker sean connery walking into a gay bar <laughs> sean connery walking into a gay bar look like the bars back in glasgow Where's a peanuts? I said peanuts. Okay, here's buddy Marcus from Here's a Sean Connery. Uh, I'll do this one. Walking into a gay bar. As I just said, this no, you did gay bar. Okay, here's Sean Connery getting ready for a night of cross dressing. Where are my panties? I do not know where my panties are. I cannot cross dress without my panties. It's common sense. Yeah. Thank you. It's Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Get ready for another uh, cross dressing. That's our buddy Marcus back in the day. He had horrible jokes. Oh, <laughs> he terrible. had horrible. He had horrible. He had horrible jokes, but he had good jokes too. Yeah, but he's like the smartest guy I knew at the time. But then, like the older I get, and call me like, man, I had a lot of Sean Connery impressions. Yeah. That you set up and like sat down. Like, it was. It was. I remember when he used to do. Uh, uh, Jay, I used to do Dylan McKay, Luke Perry. Yeah. from uh, Beverly Hills. He's like, hey, Brian, uh, I haven't eaten in weeks. Can you write me back into the script? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he goes, thank you. I grew these sideburns just for that joke. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Oh, such bad comedy. Oh, it was so bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we was, I have a lot of videos of back in the day. They're right behind you up on the shelf. <laughs> they're archived. Oh, yeah, they're archived. Everything's archived. I've got, like, behind Ben right now, there's about at least... 400 wrestling dvds that's hilarious you know which wrestler would i be to you like if you can compare me to any right because you know you like the comparison you know what i mean yeah well it's very fucking hype based no yeah well no you 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 are you see let's see no you know who it is you should do this for every guest you should designate their wrestler just looking at you right now, knowing your heritage, knowing who you are. No, you don't say what I think you're going to say. You're going to get mad. I don't like it. You don't like it? What are you going to say? Is it MDV? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's That's MDV. Not a cool one, though. What do you mean? People were afraid of him. He was so good. He made my mom cry. 
that big chunk of fudge. He was in a hundred commercials. I need somebody that I knew that I watched. I was going to say Mad Dog Vachon. And you did know you are French Canadian. You are short. It'd be like saying, you are a tweet not to make it uh, height based. No, I don't like I don't like your assessment. It should have been more like esoteric, man. Well, if it's like yeah. if it's not hype based, I even prefaced it the first time. I don't like this. Yeah, but 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 it doesn't matter. Like Mad Dog Vachon, he crossed the hype barrier. He was a shorter guy, but he listen, could go. It, it just listen, man. It's not that. What about his brother, the other Vachon, the Paul the Butcher, taller version? Can you want to be him? It's not my point. No, you're killing me. <laughs> You're killing me. Okay, okay. You're choosing fucking random short, bald French guys. I'm going to say, okay. It's uh, meaningless now. You've ruined it. No, no, no. It's still still on the... I was expecting like a cool 80s wrestler, and you threw me fucking old man, mad dog. I gave you a Hall of Famer and a legend. Oh, God. And a legend. That kills me. A legend. Expecting 80s, man. Okay, if you want an 80s wrestler, then I look you now. Well, if you went by bald. uh, You're an Anderson. You're an Anderson. You could have also said Stone Cold. You're an Anderson. Whatever. You're you're CW from ECW. He was. uh, That's not even a good one. Well, you're you're not Arn Anderson. He's still making it physical. Why couldn't I be Arn Anderson? Okay, you're Arn Anderson. Why can't I be Arn Anderson? You are Arn Anderson. Why the fuck can't I be? You are. No, you're why, Arn Anderson. Why can't I be Ric Flair? You, you're not Ric Flair. Why can't I be Ric Flair? <laughs> because you're Arn Anderson. Why can't I be Ric Flair? You can't. You, you can't. You, I jet set. I fly places. You, I, I got fucking feathers somewhere. <laughs> you got a boa. <laughs> you have a house coat. Fucking. I got belts. You have a belts, but you're you're not Ric Flair. Ric Flairish. If you, yes, definitely Ric Flairish. <laughs> Sometimes you live your gimmick. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. I want to think of who had crazy hair back in the day. Because now I'm going to think back to what oh, you... Yeah, early minor. You were early minor when you had your hair all up. Remember The Rock had his little braids when he was rocking my avia? Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. I guess um, Scotty Too Hotty. Scotty Too Hotty, that is a good one. You're giving me brutal, He had a goatee. He had the hair up through the the thing. You're giving me all the worst dudes. You used to do the worm at parties. I never did the worm at parties. I've seen you do the worm. We've never been to a party. Ben used to do the worm at weddings. I've never done the worm at parties. I'm a fat guy. You you don't understand physics, man. I was way fatter back then, too. My worm is just me. I I, I start it, but then I just got caught on my stomach, and I look more like a turtle flipped upside down. And then his belly makes a fart on the floor <laughs> <laughs> what okay so what wrestler Rick Flair. Rick Flair, I'm Ric Flair? Flair you think I'm Ric Flair no, I know who you are who am I I know who you are who you wanna know uh, hold on does it does he uh, maybe they can't see your face right now oh hold on you can't see my face but what if he looks like this Tough guy! Uh, is it USA? USA! Yeah, but see, I go right to the like, great 80s Hall of Famer hacksaw with you, and you give me dog shit Scotty Too Hottie with the fucking stupid. But I already no know. Pop. I already know that I'm hacksaw. You gave me an unknown fucking Anderson. You didn't even give me a Tully. You gave me fucking some initials. Double A. Up. 
All you want to be all Anderson? No, I'm fuck you. I'm Flair now. Okay, I'm Flair and I'm Arn. You're, fuck you. You're Ric Flair and I'm Arn. You're Ric Flair because <laughs> Arn had body hair. That's why I said you're Arn. Yeah. That's exactly why. Well, fuck you. I'm Ric Flair too. You, do you have the Anderson beard? Uh. And the Anderson chest and definitely the Anderson body hair. <laughs> Otherwise than that, um, and also Mad Dog was extremely hairy. But you gotta make it racist, man. It's not racist. <laughs> I just really like AWA wrestlers, and I really like French Canadian wrestling. Well, it's honestly, I don't. Uh, I don't. I, I to me, I want to be a wrestler that you know. Fuck off with your fucking sixties and fifties bullshit. I, I don't even know what to say. Um, yeah. If I, I was shit, Mad Dog. But you talk to a kid who grew up in the 80s, and I said, pick a wrestler. Like, I'm a wrestler. Who would I be? Barry Horowitz. Oh, you prick. You piece of shit. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. Fucking. You have a similar beard to Barry Horowitz. It's a very... You give yourself a slap on the back for that beard. You fucking slap <laughs> on the back. Kill me right now. Folks. Uh, Pat we've... Patterson. Pat Patterson? That's who you'd be. <laughs> Continental champion. <laughs> the first IC champion. He's a French Canadian. He is a French Canadian. Yeah, my I friend. I was wondering about that accent. That confused me a lot. Why? Because he said he was from California and he no, because he had a French like accent. It? His name was Patterson, but I'm like, hey, if he's from Montreal, a lot of Irish French here. Yeah, he was the the match plotter, right? Yes. Yeah, he would. Uh, he was like he would plot out a lot of the matches. And who does that now? Guys like uh, each match has no. producers. Really? Yeah, like Ricky Steamboat's a producer. Road Dog Jesse James is a producer. Billy Kidman. Billy Kidman. A, he used to be with Tori Wilson. Maybe he still is. I don't know, but uh, I doubt it. But Billy Kidman, uh, he's a or Jamie Noble. He's another guy that's a match producer. Fit Finley might be one. I don't know, but there's a bunch. Of, oh, uh, Devon Dudley is. Hey, what about Bubba Dudley? Bubba Ray. Yeah, you can be Bubba. You no no. You're Bubba Ray. No, you're Bubba. I can be Bubba Ray. Yeah, you're Bubba. Bubba Ray now wears a thing that says 5150 on it. And you know who else wears uh, something that says 5150 on it? Me. Metallica? No, Van Halen. But it's Van Halen. Van Halen. They're the greatest rock group ever. You know this. Uh, Folks, we have come to the end of another show. Like every conversation with Casey, it ends with fucking Van Halen reference. Or wrestling. So, yeah, but this is what the show is. It's where it's where wrestling and comedy collide. And we sometimes appreciate this, the Van Halen. And this is the first in my studio. This is a show. This is a show. Oh, you just, we, this is just how we hang out all the time. You just, just thought we said it. He invites me over and he tells me about all this wrestling shit that I didn't know I wanted to care about. The only thing, the only difference is that we have microphones in our hands. Tonight. Literally every time. Like you could be talking about anything with Casey and it comes back to wrestling. Yeah. You'll be like. Yeah, man, there's some crazy shit going on in the Middle East. And he's like, oh, my God, this one time, the Iron Sheik. And then like, you tell Imagine, yeah, these clubs. And he was like an Olympic wrestler. And then you're like, man, I guess my thing I was thinking about, the problems of the Middle East, wasn't as important as Casey's <laughs> Iron Sheik story. But one time, <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter turned and he on America. And he went to the Middle East, and he and Saddam Hussein was on his. They were friends, and and as, as you see behind me, I have a picture of Saddam Hussein on a currency that's framed. Saddam Hussein money. That's what that is. Uh, it's very impossible to find. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. I got it. I thought it was a, it's a Saddam Hussein money. It's like you know, oh. it's like the, the that's the most evilest 
uh, uh, piece of currency I've ever seen next to Ebenezer Scrooge's Canadian Tire Dollar. Yeah, that's frightening. Yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge, he's an asshole. Um, yeah, we have come to the end of uh, another episode of Talking Wrestling. I tell you, Vern Gagne is my grandmother's cousin. You're stop the presses. You're not. No, you're just fucking with me. You can You could be Vern Gagne. <laughs> you could be Vern Gagne. Yeah, they're first cousins. Vern Gagne. No, they you, weren't. But you could be Vern Gagne. <laughs> Would you be happy with being Vern Gagne? Vern Gagne. Vern Gagne has trained more wrestlers than anybody else. They're more yeah, great wrestlers no, than anyone else. Be a wrestler too. Can't just have. Uh, well, Vern is a Vern is a wrestler. Was he a wrestler? Was he the stooge? Seven seven time AWA champion. Boom. Well, he ran it. That's so my he was grandmother's the t- cousin. You're yeah, I don't believe you fucking liar. You just Canadian people. We're all related or we look the same. <laughs> don't we, Casey? I did not say that. Hey, French Canada. I am I am very sorry if I've made any allegations to anybody looking the same uh, that's French Canadian. You're not all a bunch of Andre Philippe Gagnons. Je déteste Andre the Giant. Je déteste Andre Philippe, Philippe Gagnon. <laughs> Oh, hey, yeah. thank you uh, for letting us uh, uh, listen. Or you listening? To, thank, hey, thanks, uh, Ben. Where can we find you online? What's going on? What do you have uh, coming up? At Ben Miner uh, on Twitter, then Ben Miner Facebook, and then a Ben Miner on Instagram because I'm slow on that one. Uh, for me, uh, Casey Corbin on all formats except for Instagram, comedian Casey Corbin, and uh, and also um, the show Talking Wrestling at TNW Pod on Twitter, at um, Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram, and if you want to send us a Gmail. Please hit us up on the uh, Talking Wrestling at Gmail. Folks, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, whether you find us on Never Sleeps Network or iTunes or Google Play or wherever you find us, thank you for joining in for this week's episode of Talking Wrestling and letting us put a headlock on your uh, on your ears and, uh, and a headlock on your heart. All right, I'm Casey Corbin. You guys have been Talking Wrestling. We've been Talking Wrestling. Have a great day. I Thank am related you. to Rick Martell, though. No! Yeah, look at all the Martells on my Facebook. <laughs> my cousins. <laughs>